Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Portable Church Industries over at PortableChurch.com. So I'm getting ready to plant a church again. And here's the deal. Uh, the most valuable resource you have is people. So the important thing to remember is it's worth making an investment in the people that are serving your team, your setup, your teardown, all of that. And Portable Church has actually made that a whole heck of a lot easier so that you're looking after your greatest resource your people. Make the setup and teardown of your church easy, logical, and play a game of Tetris when you're packing up and unpacking. And trust me, that will pay out dividends to your church plant in a way you never expected before. Again, head on over to PortableChurch.com. And remember, if we don't believe in it, we're not going to tell you about it. PortableChurch.com. Unless they pay us a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, we believe in it. That's funny. Hey, so, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And you're listening to the Church Planner Podcast, where it's always serious 100% of the time. And every church planner is a winner. <laughs> hey, all I can say is, I really enjoy this when we do this in the morning. Not so much the it's afternoons. It's so good. <laughs> Isn't it? If you guys could see what we were doing during the commercial. We, we, were, we were just saying before we started recording that... We probably should put this thing on YouTube and do like, you know, almost like a a, a video version. Just because, I well, mean, I think he's I think, like taking his shirt off. I'm not even joking. There's things Pete will be doing sometimes to make me laugh during this podcast. I think I, almost every time we run that commercial, you and I are like trying as best we can to lip sync it. And uh, which you ought to probably try at home as well except for when you're driving don't be looking at yourself in the mirror we don't I, want what i remember me. more than anything else is like everywhere we would go all of a sudden someone would break out with a m-o-g-i-v <laughs> that's right we were speaking once at exponential remember that someone goes m-o-g-i-v <laughs> oh and they still get free airtime from us Hey, I'm still my 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 Andy Warhol 15 minutes of fame. It happened in a Rubio's taco shop where someone overheard me speaking to Liberty and said, hey, are you Peyton Jones? That was rad. Are you serious? I, did I not tell you that story? I don't know. How many times have you had it happen? Because I remember hearing about it once. Once. It's oh. my Andy. Everybody's famous for 15 minutes, said Andy Warhol. And that Why was haven't my, I got Andy my Warhol 15, 15 minutes? minutes. Where's my 15 minutes at? I was hard to live with. Dude, I'm the reason people listen to this stupid show. Why can't anyone recognize me? 
Hey, hey, just remember you have top billing. When people are searching, it's not Peyton Jones's name, it's <laughs> Pete Mitchell, the Church Planner Podcast, you know? Hey. That's hey, because I want that's because I want people in business when they're like looking for, you know, Pete Mitchell the marketer, oh, he's got a church planner <laughs> podcast. He must be legit. Be first and the first shall be last, my friend. Yeah, yeah, it's a business tool. But the reason is you're a fat cat. You're the kingpin. I'm a fat cat. You could have just left it at that. What's that? Oh, nothing. Never mind. I'm feeling feeling, uh, interesting today. I'm feeling a little bit spicy. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm not quite yet at the... Fire nacho flavor time. I'm I'm more like eh, a little bit spicy. Yeah, that's where yeah, I'm at right not, now. You're not yet the red hot fire Cheeto yet. You know. So I got. Um, well, by the way, uh, for those of you who are wondering, you're brand new to the show. This is what we call Smack Talk. In a little bit, we'll get into the serious topic, which and, today and is. Kind of sorry about it. I mean, if you're new here, you're you're like okay. Get me into the church plant. You're used to us having like a little square chuckle, like, oh, church planting, oh, church planters, like wrangling cats. <laughs> hey, hey. And then we get into our, our nitty gritty, but no, that's not this show. This isn't seminary, okay? So let's just get that squared away right now. <laughs> right. Now that we've what? got that, okay, now that we've got that squared away. What is today's topic, just so they know if they should stick around? They can read the title of the episode, or they can listen to you tell them. <laughs> Today's mystery title is Competition in Ministry. It exists. How do you deal with it? All right. I like it. So so now we can go back to some smack talk. Hey, we settled the old-fashioned way on the Hardcore Church Planning Podcast, man. We set up cage matches every time. Uh, two church planners enter. Only one <laughs> church planner leaves. <laughs> Panther Dome. Plancha, plancha, plancha Dude, I think we have our next conference. Our next why conference, we, right there. We not have seriously. Why do we not have that as a soundbite? What planter dome? Oh, planter dome. Why not? But because you got to make it. Oh, it, so it'll be as good as my buck uh, left side of road. Oh, Squish. you know what? I did I play this last time because I meant to play this. Oh, no, it was a phone call. I've been saving this sound clip. You ready for it? Hello. I'm sorry. I'm a grandma, and I dialed the number wrong, honey. I was looking for my granddaughter. I'll try the number again. No. (laughs) Thank you. That was the message I got. No way. I was like, this is going on the podcast. This is a great voicemail. But please play it again. If if anyone's Hello. driving in their car I'm... drinking coffee, it's all over the windshield. Please pull over and clean your windshield off. Do not get an accident. Only a grandmother Only a grandmother would misdial but still leave a message to let you know you why she misdialed. Coffee with your podcast. He got in an auto crash. He was lip syncing your commercial and he spit coffee on his windshield. <sighs> Hello. I'm sorry. I'm a grandma and I dialed the number wrong, honey. I was looking for my granddaughter. I'll try the number again. Sorry. Thank you. Bye-bye. She sounds so sweet. I want her in my church plan. Yeah, but she called me honey, and I find that offensive. And so you don't I identify as honey. I don't identify as honey. Believe me. <laughs> if there's one guy in the world who does not identify as honey, this one right here. You're like, I'm ginger. Have you seen me? Oh, I'm dude. Ginger. Have you seen those those ginger comments on uh, Facebook that I've been tagged in? And, and yes. like the best one, I went to uh, to college with a guy by the name of Ryan Lowe. Now he's a pastor up in who knows where. And I, I don't think he and I have ever interacted on Facebook. And so I, I posted some ginger something or other. And he said something that was so profound the second I read it, I was like, he's 100% right. He said, only gingers can call another ginger, ginger. And I was like, dude, he's right. It's kind of like how black people can call each other the N-word that no one else in the world can use, but they can do it. I'm like, yes, it's entirely offensive when Peyton calls me a ginger, 
But if another redheaded guy called me a ginger, I'd be like, yeah, what's up, ginger? I'd be like right back with him. It's like that with short people, you know, extremely well-built short people. I, you know, who are like me, I can, I can take those. I did not know that because I'm not short. (laughs) What if I added something to it? Like what up ginger snap? Nope. Is that okay? Uh -uh, uh -uh. Uh-uh. 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 No, don't you dare. Don't you dare. I can't like modify it like Ginger. What's up? No. Ginger. I know what no. you're really saying. <laughs> I'm just what saying. What if I add like, what up, movie star? Well, you know I'm referencing Ginger from Gilligan's Island. If the you said. Movie no, because it was in black and white when I watched it. No, no, it was color. You know, it switched over to color. But I watched it in black and white. It's kind of like The Wizard of Oz. It could have been because I had a black and white TV. I'm not 100% sure. I'm just saying. If you're new here and you're expecting more out of Smack Talk than what you're getting right now, just (laughs) scrub ahead 20 minutes. (laughs) Well, hey, this is what I've been trying to say for this whole time. So I'm really looking forward to tomorrow because tomorrow I end uh, 10-day jail. Oh, California has a 10 day jail when you uh, purchase a firearm. Oh, and it ends tomorrow at 1251. I feel every time that you have these moments, it's such a big event in your life. Like Jamie ought to be baking you a cake with 10 candles on it. Dude, I can't tell my wife those 10 candles. I can't tell my wife. I have to like plan my day around. Oh, honey, I've got errands to run. What errands do you have to run? You know, I just got to go run some errands. <laughs> like, <laughs> one time she said to me, she goes, how many guns do you have? Like, 10? I'm like, yes, yes, that's the number. Let's just tell everyone it's 10. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing is, Pete, is I have a hard time believing you can actually contain yourself around the house like i picture you on gun day being like you know like on the verge of giggles most of the day you know well what's really cool what's really cool is i uh so i'm picking up two firearms a long gun and a, a handgun and the long gun i'm really excited about because it's a a little 22 bolt action but i got it specifically so i can teach luke how to shoot and probably Mackenzie, because I think Mackenzie's going to be the gunner in the family. So that's why I'm really excited, man. I'm going to finally be able to, because my wife's like, can't you just teach him on one of your other rifles? I'm like, dude, you don't give a kid a 308. You out your mind? You can't hold that. I can barely hold it. What are, what are you talking about? Yeah, the good old days, man, when I learned to shoot a 22 in the Boy Scouts, and only one kid got shot on that trip. Really? Yeah. I remember going to uh, Hume Lake, which is where we would go for a kids camp, summer camp, and uh, they had BB guns. Yeah. And this one year, like, they didn't do any safety instructions, nothing. And kids are shooting the BB guns as we're coming back and forth, you know, to the shooting range. And I got shot right here on the face. Boink. Whoa. It hit a tree, bounced off the tree, and nailed me right there. No way, dude. Yeah. I didn't know that. It hurt. So I, I have a lot of stories. Everybody knows that. But I've never been shot. Well, well I mean, it's a BB gun. I'm not even sure it broke. Close rain. I'm not even sure it broke the skin. But, man, did yeah. it hurt. And I was crying. And I was ticked. I was like. So when we were kids, man, like, here's the thing. Like, everybody had BB guns growing up. Do you remember that? No. It, uh, it, not everybody, not okay, my family. So, you got to understand well, my family. My mom. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Dude, seriously, when we were growing up, everybody had BB guns. And so, like, you would shoot your friends with BB guns. And there was, like, a rule, like, you, you could only pump it X amount of times. <laughs> and you'd and, always uh, go over. You'd always go over. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, Ten and times. You're like, that's revenge. 25 in kid talk. There would always be some kind of revenge going on. So, like, I remember walking into my, my uh, and there was expletives, you know, my buddy's big brother was hiding in the bunk bed with like the blanket. You know, when you see a blanket hanging over the bottom part of the bunk bed, you should just know, like, get out quick. This is, this is bad. And right as I looked to the gap where the two blankets, two blankets, 
I see the barrel right then sticking out. You know, like the dude had totally set up like a little sniper's nest boom, in my chest before I know it. It not only went through my shirt, it broke the skin. Really? So, Dang, yeah, that was a BB? Yeah, because wow. it was super close. Like I walked in, my buddy was up on top of the bunk, and I'm like, hey, blah, 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 and you know? And uh, and so I screamed, you know, but he, he, it was like the, uh, I'll say it as the uh, TV version of uh, Die Hard 2 when he says, yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> with the bad dub, but it was like that. It was, it was that kind of greeting that came in right as, you know, which caused me to look down, see the barrel. And, uh, my BB gun days were, man, I, I can't believe we didn't lose eyes and crap because I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, so nowadays when, you know, people, and I'm not saying, Oh, let's go back to the good old days where kids did. Like when I say that kid shot himself, he shot himself. He was loading the gun, had a point at his crotch and, he was very close to being a very unproductive Boy Scout um, for the rest of his life, but it did miss uh, the 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 Vitals. important bits, his naughty bits. It missed his naughty bits when in they're, they're not naughty. See, that's a problem. We can't perpetuate this this belief that they're naughty. They're very good bits. They're appropriate bits. That's a he- a theological Hebrew understanding of the body <laughs> would incorporate that the that the body and spirit together make up the soul. Is very opposite of Gnostic theology, but now that we got that clear, um. it's one of the reasons I was talking with this guy at church, who's uh, apparently <laughs> I was joking oh, with oh, him for the last week. By the way, I'm at the mother-in-law's house, so you you won't hear hear kitty kitty after today. Although it probably will happen. Are you going back to your house? Uh no. Your house isn't done yet. It's not done. <clears throat> August first. Is a day. Yeah, that's what they're telling they're you. It's such and, a lie. Um, but we're house sitting for our neighbors who are going away oh, for a nice. couple weeks, and we're going to be at their place across the street. Nice. So, and with that overflows into when we'll actually be in our house. You guys so got to figure out when you can come by my house and uh, jump on the water slide with your kids. Yeah, dude. All right. Well, that sounds good. I mean, I don't, I don't know what we're doing. Uh, I should have texted that to weeks. Andrea instead of you, but you know. Yeah, because I totally forgot. Yeah, but. But I don't have Andrea's number, and it's not like I go talking to my friends' wives. Hey, Andrea, can Peyton come out and play? That's just and not a I conversation. I just got I back from from Atlanta, and my brain was so toast yesterday. I had a million things to do. I'm trying to catch up, and my brain was just butter it, put jam on it. You know, butter it, put jam on it. Gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. mean, it was toast. Like it, like it. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, my pastor at uh, the church we're going to, Justin. He, um, we, we had like this, I I would say you stole my ginger, but I now know that that's, you already left. I feel like Ross and Rachel, we were on a break. break. Yeah. You already left the church. I know, I know I've already lost my manhood card a long time ago on this podcast for, for admitting so many things that I shouldn't. Um, but I did sit on that sofa a few weeks back and did the Warner Brothers studio tour. You get to sit on that sofa with, you know, a couple What of sofa are you talking about? Oh, the friend sofa. Oh, did you? Nice. I, I got to sit on that set. It was kind of cool. That's sit cool. on with Andrew and a cup of coffee. And I wanted to do the scene where the guy's got shorts on and he puts his leg up on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew said that would be too inappropriate. <laughs> wow. It makes it too realistic. Wow. Well, all I can say to that one. Oh yeah, the dog. Yeah. Did you hear the kitty kitty? Oh, is that the kitty kitty? I thought it was a dog barking. No, no, you did. Yeah, I was talking. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. So anyway, here's what my point was. So this last Sunday we had this, uh, you know, party in the park, you know, for all the the church members. But it was so stinking hot. Very few of us actually showed up. Like there was a bouncer with four kids in it, and Luke was, you know, one of them. And he's just like, "This is the greatest thing in the world." Was party, dude. Was that Sunday? It was for us. Oh, so I go up to the guy who's uh, grilling the hot dogs. His name is Keith, and, uh, and Keith goes, "Yeah, uh, Justin uh, tells me that uh, I should talk to you. That you're really into guns." Turns out, man, I found a bestie. You're out. He's in. Really? Oh, dude. I was like, wow. I think he might put me on a run for my money with his, his, uh, 
I don't even know how to word it. His arsenal, his so all this time. So this leads right into the topic because now I'm extremely jealous. Now the, now the competitiveness of you. Oh, is... the competitive! You 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 got you raised my ire for this topic, Pete Mitchell. Oh yeah, dude. you got me in a in a salty mood now. He's doing eighty percenters, which is. Like you, I don't even know what that stuff is, dude. Let me just tell you, you're a gun person when you're doing an eighty percenter. <laughs> I don't even know what. That oh, is. I totally know what it is because I've done them. Woohoo! Uh, allegedly, they all fell in the ocean when I uh, went out fishing. It was horrible. I no longer have those anymore. They're, and they're I gone. continue to plead ignorance because because uh, it's I true. Testify for or against your behalf. <laughs> you're like, no, no, really, I am ignorant. I have no idea what anyone's I talking about. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so Which, funny. If you're listening, federal people, um, check my house because you know Pete's going to ask, like, "Hey, dude, hold these for me." Which I realize is a federal fence, anyway. So, why? Hmm. Oh, when they come looking, because now they're going to. <laughs> why is Sleep it a federal that? offense? <laughs> I'm just, just teasing. It's not federal. It's state. <laughs> it, it doesn't count. It's a state <laughs> offense. I don't count. Your state taxes. Oh, yeah, seven bucks. Here, I'll write the check now. <laughs> oh, dude, no. I, I think the state, our state is so jacked up, man. They got, I don't even want to go Are you going to offend them all? Are you like, hey, an IRS come after me, too? Like, you're going to get them all on the same Oh, point? dude, no. I've gone through an IRS audit. Let me tell you, that's where oh. Simplified Church comes in because it sucks. Like, when I, I went through my IRS audit. Auditing, Pete. You know, when do you... Fi- oh, wait, too soon? Should we save it for the end? No, I don't really care. No, here's... <laughs> when I went through my IRS audit, it was... it had Luckily for me, it had come just after I had made a ton of money. So I knew no matter how bad the, the fine was and all this other, I would have money to pay it. Because the one thing that I learned about going through an IRS audit, you cannot win. You will not win. You, you actually no longer have constitutional rights. As, as unconstitutional as that is, it's the way it is because you yeah. signed this document that you already gave to the government, and so they use that against you. Oh, you've already told us this. So you've, you've voluntarily given up your Fifth Amendment rights when you sign your tax returns, which is – anyway. No which if you don't sign them, they throw you in jail. So how is that voluntary? Huh? How? Explain to me how. But um, – I have no earthly idea yes. about that sort of thing. So all, all I can tell you is it, going through an IRS audit, you go into it knowing you're going to lose. The question is, how much am I going to have to pay? No way, huh? So, yeah. So, like, when it when my audit started, they said I made hundred grand more than I said I made. And in the end, I think we settled on, it was like, I don't know, 35000 more than I said I made. So, I think... I think I owed him like five grand more in taxes and then a thousand in penalties. But what they do is then they start opening up other years. And at that time, they could only go back three years. So they couldn't go back any further. They could only go forward. And thankfully, the next year, there was like nothing. It was like 500 bucks or something. So they've left me alone since then. Because then they want to see, is this a pattern, right? Are you constantly lying? No, I wasn't lying. We just had a difference of opinion. It's what mm. we call uh, uh, my first offer to the IRS. If they accept it, great. If they don't, we enter negotiations. But let me just tell you, you go into it knowing you're going to lose. It's by how much are you going to lose. Really? Yeah. So nowadays, man, I just, I, I actually, it was such a painful experience, even though it was only five grand. I mean, I, I literally keep everything. You have to prove everything. You are not innocent until proven guilty. So I have like years of, electricity bills of phone bills of every bill you can imagine i keep it wow because you're gonna need it if you go through that wow it sucks that really sucks dude which is why i imagine going through a personal audit and you never want to go through it with your church which is why you need simplifiedchurch.com tell me more about them well they'll take care of all your irs compliance your w-2s all the tax stuff, and you know, there's thanks to Trump's new law, uh, there's a now a new federal tax that churches are going to have to pay. Whereas before they were always tax exempt, not so much anymore. And if you don't know that that's the door opening so they can come and tax everything, it is. Welcome to the new America. I don't know about this. We need to get you know what we need to do is get a get a dude on here to talk about that. Who, who would so we get? Much abuse. Who would we ministries. get? 
Would, would we get Josh Henry from Simplify Church? Simplifiedchurch.com.com? Yeah. That might be good. Tell, tell me about it. Just real quick before we get into our topic. I don't know. It was a Facebook ad. That's all I know. I get I get targeted with all the, the pastor ads. I'm like, oh, apparently there's a new tax now that churches have to pay, a new federal tax. I just clickbait it. It probably was. Yeah. yeah. But do you know who would know for sure? Simplifiedchurch.com. And people can find out where? Simplifiedchurch.com. I see what you did there. That was good, and it was early, so no one saw it coming. It was like a stealth ad. (laughs) This is how serious you take the podcast. Hey, I'm going to eat some walnuts, some full-size walnuts. No, dude. No, these are glazed pecans, and they're in heaven. That's better. Because I just got back from Atlanta. That's what you pick up in the airport when you got to share a rental car with your boss. You can't go out and buy gifts for your family. You have to scour the airport looking for gifts, hoping they have Legos that your daughter likes. When I came back from Arizona, you know what I brought Luke and Mackenzie? Those little suckers that have the scorpion inside. The real (laughs) scorpion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You are so my hero, but don't they have liquor in them, too? Well, it's not like, believe me, neither one of my kids are licking a thing that's got a scorpion inside, so... Did you lick it? No, it's still sitting in our pantry. I dare you to eat it. Uh, you can eat no. the scorpion. No. I'm, you can eat him. Well, I'm sure you can. I'm not okay. going to. I can also eat the worm in the bottle. Not going to yeah. have that either. Yeah, it's a delicacy. I'm not. Okay. Should we actually get into our topic? We actually should. All right, hold on a second. Doc. Right, Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. That was a good lip sync, I yeah. gotta say. That was really good. You know. Well, guys, today, what I want to talk about... While you're eating pecans. I'm not eating them. I was just... Dude, was, I could, I we could hear up. it. It was showing... It, like, it's got recorded of you rustling in the bag. <laughs> Look at you. Trying to, like, real quick. As long as you're talking, I'm eating a pecan. I'm not like talking. The flamingo kid when he's. Have you ever seen that movie? No. All right. Well, the nitty gritty. That makes me think of pecans. Just saying that it's close to nutty. So here's the deal. I'm sorry. I'm a grandma and I dialed the number wrong. I was looking for my granddaughter. I'll try the number again. Sorry. Oh Thanks. my gosh. That is so good. Oh. She's our new mascot. We need to name her. Dude, Cat Williams is one of the funniest comedians I've ever seen. But he's very, very vulgar. So, you know, you can't watch that one in front of the kids. Or you got to watch, like, the TV version. And he used to have this bit about the difference between white people and black people when they get a. Uh, somebody dials them wrong. He goes, if it's a white person. You call a white person? Oh, I'm sorry, you got the wrong number. Did you try five 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 oh 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 one? No, oh, you know here's what we do. You try the next one and call me back. We'll figure this thing out. Because <laughs> <was just> like, <laughs> that's what white people do when you dial the wrong number. Yeah, it's pretty funny. That's hilarious. Well, I'd say that we name her either Grandma Nana, Gma, or Gma Honey. And she's uh, she needs to make an appearance. I think we, we need to go. You should dial her back and tell her, hey, we, when we throw our Church Planner podcast uh, conference, that uh, she'll come and sign autographs. We're going to call her Nana Honey. Nana Honey. Hey, we had a Nanny Sunshine in, in my first church plant. That was like Jeff's it. wife. I like it. So right. uh, competition in, in ministry. Competition. Set it ministry. up so we can knock it home. All right, baby. Here he goes. So uh, I'm going to do the layup for the slam dunk. You all know what it is. You all know what it is to be in competition with people because you have a sinful heart. So let's because you have a sinful. I like how you put that. Not because we have a sinful heart. It's because you look. I know none of you struggle with this. I know I have a sinful heart. It's like friends. Since we, I'm Joey. I'm disgusting. I put other people's underwear on and hide it behind the sofa. Um, here's the deal. All of us know what it is because you, you have this, you know, Paul talks about it being carnality when he says, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow <clears throat> in the same way that there is a carnality with following people. There is also a carnality 
that sets in when you get followed. And it's hard to resist it. George Whitfield said that his popularity almost destroyed his soul completely. And I think over the years, uh, ministers that have been honest have dealt with this. They've shared about it. Those of you that know, um, that sign up to my uh, website, I've got a, a blog that appears on PeytonJones.ninja. Um, you can sign up for a newsletter there if you want. Which I'm offended by out, the term ninja, just so you know. <laughs> so I send out a... Um, uh, a newsletter every week. And I, I share personal things. I don't share anywhere else there. And I shared a, a, a few weeks back that I was, you know, looking at chucking everything in just because, you know, there's that saying new levels, new devils. We actually, I did share this on the podcast a bit, but you know, when, when you suddenly have, you know, maybe like you're planting a church and you hear of another church planner, you're struggling at like 40, 50 people. He's, you know, for some reason exploded to 200, 300, 400, you start to compare. And that's where it starts. The comparison starts to lead to the, well, what is he doing? To then it becomes, what have they got? Or what do they do? Or who is he that I'm not? Um, those kinds of things come in, those kinds of questions. And as, you know, depending on where you're at, I, I would say it's a spiritual issue. I would say that these feelings, these thoughts, um, envy and self-seeking, um, th- those are carnal things. The Bible talks about that. But you've got to bring them back uh, to Jesus. And you've got to take them, um, you've got to take these feelings and thoughts to God. Because these feelings and thoughts, like, here's what I think we're super good at in the Christian world. We're super good at pretending we don't struggle with these things. And because of that, we stuff them and pretend they aren't there. If a thought comes in, rather than taking the thought, analyzing it, putting it in the light of Scripture, putting it in the presence of God, taking it to God in prayer, we don't like that thought. It makes us feel bad that that's a part of who we are. And we quick bury it. It never gets dealt with. And that's the psychology. That's the psychology of all sin. You hide it under a fig leaf. Rather than taking it out and going, God, this is who I am. I'm naked before you. Um, bring the light of the gospel. Bring who Jesus is into this and change it and, and help transform me from the inside out. And I think that um, it's, it's, it's the elephant in the room. It's the thing that's there. Right now we've got you know Twitter building followings. How many of you listening have looked at your Twitter followers and then look at the Twitter follower of someone else and gone, yeah, I'm okay. Or, ooh, that guy has way too many. He must be a sellout. Or he must, you know, he must have a bot doing that. Or Facebook, the same thing. How many people follow you on Facebook? These are all things that, that right now and are kind of following. What's funny is I have never looked at either one of those numbers. Yeah. I, but see, you're, you're wired a little bit different. I don't give a rip about Twitter. I think it's the stupidest of the social medias. And Facebook, I don't really say anything on there except about yeah. gingers. And that's only to another ginger. Yeah, and I got to totally agree with you. But, you know, unfortunately, in American ministry, we are a personality-driven uh, society that has brought that into the church. And like I said, it, it, was in, it was in Corinth. It's nothing new. There is nothing new under the sun. And you and I have talked about the fact that it's not actually being popular that's a problem. So if you see a popular guy, let's say you see Greg Lord, you see Billy Graham, you see these guys, and you know you go, oh, he's probably J.D. Greer, you know, some of the guys uh, you know, that have big platform, Ed Stetzer. These guys aren't sinful for being popular. It's, it's not a sin to be popular. In, in 2 Corinthians, Paul references our brother who has been made famous by his preaching of the gospel. And scholars think that that's Apollos. So it's not wrong to be popular. Billy Graham was popular. Paul was popular. Apollos was popular. The 12 were popular in the church. That's not the sin. The sin is what happens within our heart. And for mm-hmm. me, a few weeks ago, it's kind of like when David said, but as for me, my foot almost slipped. I mean, he, he started in being the wicked. Well, for me, I just started envying other people and 
you know, things that, that, and, and I just, that is so abhorrent to me on a personal level that, and I'm just being only honest with you guys, just being really transparent here. They caused me to check it in. I called my agent up, said, Hey, pull my book. I, I, I don't want to publish the next one. Um, Pete, I don't know to what degree you knew this, but I was ready to, to check all of our podcasts in. I just wanted to disappear. Yeah, but, but you've always got that, and so do I. So <laughs> that honestly, I would have been like, oh, okay, so all right, whatever. But it's healthy, dude. It's healthy to a certain degree. You know, in as far, like my oxygen is when somebody comes and says, dude, I really, I, I got a, I got a, a message. And probably I've been getting one for like the last few days, every day, where somebody just goes, dude, thanks. And and I'm like, well, that that's all I need to know that it's helped a planner or two out there. That's all I need because I was that planner. I was that guy. And to hear that someone's out there going, dude, this helps me. It's It's real. It's relevant. And this changes everything for me. That's all I need. You know what I'm saying? I don't need a platform. So... Anyways, um, but those things get off sometimes. So, um, you know, I, I can remember, um, in, in, in here's, here's the underside of it. And I'll, I'll kind of, you know, all of us have it in our heart. You're going to struggle with it at some point, right? Um, if your popularity, you know, you think, oh, I would, I would kill to have a published book, then I'd be happy. Um, but then once after you get the book published, you got to sell it. And, and once you start selling your book, you, you have to then, uh, you, you have to warrant publishing another one. And, and so your goals change. You, you go, well, I got another book in me. I want to get that out. Like all these things factor, but bring it back down to church planning. Like I said, you, you know, all of a sudden you hear another church launching out and you think, man, I can, I can barely get. So how do you deal with that? What advice do you have for that? Well, I think, I mean, I think this can affect people in a lot of different ways. Like you and I have had this talk a lot, mainly because of the position that you find yourself in writing books and whatnot. And, um, and one of the things that, that I think people need to be, uh, aware of, I don't know if that's the, really the, the right term I'm looking for, but they need to, to, be thinking about it is like, let's say you do write a book or whatever. And, um, and then you hear, or you see someone else who says something similar to what you've said. A lot of times we can immediately jump to the conclusion oh, they're, they're copying me and they're not even giving me credit. And we could do that same thing in ministry, right? We see, Oh, you know what? We were the first ones to do a, a, uh, a water party at the park in the summer for the community. And now this other church is doing it. They're just copying us. And, um, and I think one of the things that people need to be aware of, and I don't remember who I first heard this from, but, uh, but it was, it was probably somebody on one of those early podcasts when we would interview people and, um, and they were like, look, here's the thing. If, if the Holy spirit is, moving in a community a certain way. It stands to reason that the Holy Spirit would be telling several different people the same thing. I want you to do this. And that doesn't mean, you know, that's the the Holy Spirit's a one-trick pony and, oh, this is the only thing. But it stands to reason that several different people are going to be told to be doing a lot of the same type of stuff. Right. Uh, especially to reach a, a certain community. I agree with that. And so we really got to be aware, okay, you know, like, especially when it comes to ministry stuff, uh, that stuff wasn't ours to begin with. Right. Like, we didn't come up with it. The Holy Spirit did, and, you know, he chose to use us to share it. Right. And um, and I think that's just one of those things that people have to be aware of in ministry is it's entirely possible that the Holy Spirit is telling many different people the same or similar things. And instead of looking at everyone as a threat, you know, oh, you know, my associate pastor wants to do this or, and I, I was the one who originally said that, well, you know, maybe you were, maybe they heard you, maybe they didn't, whatever. But so what if the, at the end of the day, if the, the name of the game 
is sharing the gospel with the lost and seeing lost people saved, does it really matter where the idea came from? Does it yeah. really matter any of that stuff? Right. That's that's really, unfortunately, um, that, that's where I've had to come to. Because there have been times, you you know, there have been a couple times where there's been blatant rip-offs. And there's other times I've been like, hey, we're, let's say like a guy has a bigger platform. And he's writing about stuff that he's never done. And I'm like, hey, I, I wrote about that, but why didn't you come talk to me? And there's times you've been like, well, maybe God's told him that, but he hasn't done it yet. You know, and I, I, I've always kind of been like Hemingway, where I'm like, Hemingway writes about bullfights because he learned to bullfight. Hemingway writes about, you know, being, uh, you know, a, a shipwrecked, you know, airplane pilot in the Kilimanjaro because he crashed a plane in Africa. You know, um, he writes about the Spanish Civil War, Spanish Civil War, because he was in it, you know, so you he had this rule that you don't write about things that you don't do. Now, I've personally taken that, but I can't hold everyone else to that. And there's been times you've talked me off the ledge where I'm like, dude, why would why would so-and-so do that? Pawn it off as his own idea. You and my wife have brought me back to that. And again, that's the dark side of my heart. That's kind of where I go, well, hey, because in one, in one sense, part of me is going like, hey, you know, I would love it if you would come talk to me because I could help you. Like, that's why I do this. But then if the if they're not going to do that, like you said, on the innocent side, um, it's not like they owe me anything, right? Maybe they heard my deal, loved it, forgot where they heard it from. Maybe God really, truly spoke that to them. Um, maybe, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, like you said, it's God. And Paul says that. What do you have? If, if I go back and I look at everything God ever led me to, I wasn't the genius that figured it out. I was the guy who's stupid, clueless, had no clue what he was doing, and needed the Holy Spirit to break in and show me something. It was truly not my own wisdom. So you're right. Just because I've done it doesn't earn me the right to talk about it. It literally was God's. And I think Paul, when he brings it up, he's talking about your gifts and how you exalt yourself above one another. And then he asks this question, what do you have? that you weren't given by God anyways. And that has to be it. That has to be where we come out of it. And if God did give it to you, did he just give it to you? Or did he give it to you for everybody, for the for the advancement of the entire kingdom? And that's cool. And I think that's kind of the dance. And to be honest, guys, having those lessons, having those little reveals, because to be honest, right now, I'd say, it was funny because I told Pete, because Pete knows my heart in the last few weeks, Pete was laughing because I'm, I'm like, look, dude, because there was a, another situation I talked to him about today. And uh, he goes, I go, it has nothing to do with that. I already think he's like, oh, sure. You know, but we need these experiences to keep bringing us back as much as sometimes they hurt or we, we get a little bit maybe disenchanted or a little bit, you know, put off by how we watch people behave. Um, we need this. And they do, too, to be honest, because. Surely we've done this to other people as well, and we just haven't realized. Well, you know, I remember a story. Uh, I met this gal at a uh, a conference. It was not uh, a Christian conference. In fact, you and I had just started either doing the podcast or doing the magazine. I mean, it was in the first days of it, and uh, it w- everybody was on lunch break. There was, like, nowhere to sit, so there was literally four of us sitting in the coffee house with one of those little tiny coffee tables. But we all had like a plate on there, like not even enough room to put a plate and a drink, just your plate. Cause there was nowhere else to sit. And you know, the, these two gals, they bowed their head and they prayed before they, they ate. And so I was like, Oh, okay, let's, let's find out their story. And I remember, so anyway, we ended up talking and it, it was one of those situations where I think God ordained us to, to meet there. Um, but she had a an interesting story because she went to a, a smaller church and her pastor was completely bent out of shape and upset that they were basically church planting, essentially is what they were doing. They just didn't know that's what they were doing in uh, this this homeless community, uh, you know, drug infested homeless community. And he was like, you know, why are you going over there? Why aren't you bringing people over here? And like, I think where a lot of times that can, can spring up for church planners because 
They've been pouring their heart and soul into this church plant, and they have. There's no doubt. And maybe God has called someone because of even the influence that they've had. And God has called that person and said, hey, you know what? I want you to go over here and reach these people. And we start to see, oh, you know, why are they leaving? And maybe they're not even taking anyone from your church, but they're leaving and they're doing something. And you're like, those are people who could be coming over here to my church. I've been working all this time. And that competitive drive that you're talking about yeah. can really hit them. You know, absolutely. And and I think to a certain degree, we got to we got to have grace with people when they, you know, they could be going through a rough time. I always think of the sending pastor or the non-sending pastor as being a guy that's probably struggling himself. And is like you said, maybe he's like, you're the cool church planner that wants to leave. And he's like, oh, man, I was, you know, a lot of times pastors get mad. Not so much because you're going to go out and compete with them. Sometimes they're just bummed because you were one of their best hopes for that church that they're pastoring. And and they're sad to see you go because for all the struggles they were having, you were one of the good things in their church. And I think when you start to see it that way, it causes you to look back on your sinning pastor like, and he may not even be in touch with that's what he's feeling. He's probably struggling with his own carnality, doesn't like what he's feeling, stuffing it down, making you the target and bad guy. So he doesn't have to feel bad about being a little bit carnal when really, to be honest, you're probably a little carnal, too. You're probably judging him. Hey, you're sticking the mud, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's a lot of that going around. And when you see, you know. I always think the guy who is the church planner with this sinning church, often he's being competitive too. He's watching his sinning pastor going, I could, I could do this better. You know, I've mentored a lot yeah. of guys over the years and you'll find sometimes they, you know, they, because they, they're untried and untested. It's easy to sit in the stands and criticize the players do, on the field. Do you need to get that phone? I do not, but uh, Kitty <laughs> has come inside and she is safe. <laughs> So I, I don't know if it was you or uh, Brad Briscoe who I saw retweeted something that someone else said. And the gist of it was, God has never said to a church planner, I want you to build this church so you can have a full-time salary. <laughs> I just, I was like, wow, dude, yeah. that's like. That was actually Jeff Christofferson. Here's the thing. I was locked into a room in Atlanta last week. C- case in point of this, I was in a room with some of the best missional minds in America locked in a room with some of these guys are just incredible. There was not a shred of competition in the room. Mm. There was literally, I don't know how to put it. We started off with prayer. There was such a spirit of mutual respect. Like it was, it was probably the, one of the coolest things I've ever been to. Jeff Christofferson dropped that and I had to tweet it because I was laughing my butt off. When he said it, like that is one of the most genius things anyone's ever said. And God is not, you know, God is not. He goes, I don't think God will ever look at a planner and say, hey, my calling for your life is for you to run a church service. that will pay your salary. And and so many church planners think that's what it was. But sorry. Oh, kitty. And and (laughs) time to play grandma. (laughs) Hello. I'm sorry. I'm a grandma, and I dialed the number wrong. <laughs> so here's the deal, right? Like, the, when you have that, that's why, guys, you should be. I would, I would emphatically say you should be going to the meeting with all the pastors in your city. You should be there and encourage those guys. You should take the high road. Even if they're basically, you know, smack-talking behind your back, you should be going there to encourage those guys. They need it, and eventually... When they realize, hey, you're kind of cool, you know, let, let people struggle through their own thing. Pete and I once, with this podcast, we were getting ready to um, talk to a, another Church Planner podcast. And we were all like, hey, let's come together because this other podcast had things we didn't. And we, I felt like we had things they didn't. And it was kind of like, let's put our peanut butter and chocolate together and make a recess. And um, I think because our motive was not like, Hey, we want to be bigger and better and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we were kind of like the number one kid on the block and they were, you know, kind of the new up and coming podcast and they, they quickly outgrew us. We came to them and said, Hey, you know, do you guys, uh, 
do you want to, we did, we, we talked to someone on their team and said, Hey, do you guys want to combine? Like, you know, cause I, I think for me, like I would be the practitioner, you know, you have the business mind. I think it was they the, had, the magazine. That's what we were trying to combine. Was with it them. The mag- yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and they were yeah, like, I'm not giving up this podcast. I don't care if anyone listens to it. This is my, this is my time to vent. We, we were just like, <laughs> Hey, let's talk this. And, and, and he just kind of goes, yeah, I don't think that would benefit us in any way. But I'm thinking, it's not about benefiting you. It's benefiting the church planners out there. Like, that's cool, but we weren't in this for us. Like, we were in this, like, because we just thought, hey, that'd be cool. You know, it'd be like, we could all bring something to the table. It would be rad. But um, but you're always going to find, guys, you're always going to find people that are competitive. In, in it, somehow they make, because there's a difference between struggling with competition in your heart and actually being competitive. You will find people that actually are competitive. You know, we, we read the scripture, we see Saul, right? Um, Saul is jealous of David, and he actually takes a spear and tries to hurt him. And, you know, David won't retaliate. He won't do that back. David basically just says, hey, I, I'm leaving you in God's hand. And that's what you have to do. When you guys come against that, if you've got a pastor coming after you, a sending pastor making life tough for you, the best thing to do is just ignore it. Well, right? and, and, and here's the tough thing. High- here's the tough thing, Peyton, is that in our society, and this is a societal thing, we see uh, pastors, people basically in ministry, that's your job. And so there is this competitive, all, all the way from seminary, Right, you, your goal in seminary from day one is not typically. I want to plan a church. When you go to seminary, day one, you're thinking someday, you know, I'm going to enter as a youth pastor. I'm going to scrap my way up, and you know, I'll be the senior pastor. Like that's where your mind is at. That is very much a societal thing. That is a Western idea. It is not what we're seeing in other parts of the world, where it's like, dude, like the church is never going to pay that pastor a salary. Like, look at uh, Living Bread Ministries, right? They do all this church planning in Thailand and in uh, Brazil. Africa, Dude, yeah. those church plants aren't paying this pastor a salary. They're right. not going in there, like, when they go to their version of seminary, isn't so one day they can start as a youth pastor and work right. their way up. It is very much a societal thing. And, and I think that's the difficult part that people have to get their mind around. And I think that's one of the reasons why, for me, it's, Obviously, not being in ministry and then not making any real money off of any of the church planner stuff that we do. I mean, right. we make a little bit of money here and there, but not a lot. Right. It's like, okay, so, you know, somebody wants to go out and, and do the same thing. I can just look at it and go, look, that's cool. If you think it's going to benefit the church, go for it. It's well, really that's, easy that's for me to divorce myself thing. because I don't have the money connection to it. It's not, it's not a, a vocation of, you know, I, I got to make money off of this podcast. And if I don't make money off this podcast, I can't feed my family. And like, because I've got, you know, my right. business that I make my money from, I, I it really does give people, you a lot more freedom. People can be very mercenary. And I think at times when the church becomes like a business and you got a board that's looking at the money coming in and they're going, oh, you know, like then they've got these assets to protect. So then it becomes like they do get threatened. If another church starts up and it grows and it becomes a thing, then we're not the big thing. That means people go over there and they take their money. And, and I, I mean, I asked in church zero, I'm like, how do we ever get here? You know, cause in Europe, no one has money. So it's always like, you know, it's interesting too. Cause that's, I mean, when you think about it like that, what, what's everyone's first reaction? How do we revitalize our church? How do we get our church to grow? First of all, I think we're totally focusing on the wrong thing. Is how do we reach our community? Forget about this building we're in. Even forget about our our salaries that we get. Yes, we have to eat. But don't you think God's going to provide for you? Or is that just lip sync? You know, we tell everyone God provides, but not for me. You know, not if this church goes away. He's never going to provide for me. I mean, come on. It's like, how do we reach the, the other people in our community? And so what if the next church has got a cool water slide baptismal? You know, big deal. You're right. 
It, it does come back to what's God's plan for your life. You know, I've been thinking about that a lot because I was struggling weeks back. Like, for example, like the other day I went, I went into, um, uh, Target and I, I asked him, Hey, you know, cause every once in a while we'll send out like an Amazon gift card. And I was like, Hey, do you guys have any of those? And they said, no, because they go, we have all gift cards, but we don't have that kind. And I said, why not? And they said, well, because Amazon is one of our major competitors. Now, imagine this. Um, this was a chance for Target to make money off Amazon. Right. Exactly. But because they see, no, if we serve our customers through having what they want from one of our competitors, ultimately that hurts us. So they had a... Um, not a, an abundance mentality because no one's ever going to be able to get an Amazon gift card anywhere else. Right. So <laughs> Vons, Vons will get the money, you know? And, and so here's the deal. When, when I go to another company to get something that you can, it's just bonkers. And this will happen like no joke. This will happen in the, in the, if, if you got, I can't expect any of you to pay attention, but you'll notice I'm on some podcasts as a guest and not on others. Or when my book comes out, I, I get interviewed by certain people, not by others. And there is sometimes where it makes absolutely no sense, except that there is a, there's like a competition clause. And, and I've been rejected where I'm like, this is your white hot topic. Why would you not? And, and it's unspoken. It's unsaid, but I will not get an interview. Uh, with these particular um, people if if they, they see it as a competition. It's the most bizarre thing, and it is definitely out there. Well, you know, that's our competitor or whatever. And the, a few weeks ago, when this was all really bothering me, getting to me, because to be honest, I'd much rather have an experience where I'm locked in a room like I was in Atlanta with a bunch of just guys that are like, hey, listen, our name isn't even going to be on this stuff. Right. We're coming together. It's not going to be Brad Briscoe, Daniel Yang, Peyton Jones. Our names are disappearing. We were here to do this for the kingdom. And then the conversation was we share this with other denominations because we were working with the Southern Baptists. We share this as a kingdom thing. That's what fires me. I know that's what pleases God's heart. And I know that that's that's when, when you back up for me, when I had to back up a few weeks ago. Like David said, as for me, my, my foot almost slipped. I was ready to check it in. In other words, the, my whole motive had to be brought back into the crucible. Why do I do this? I do this for God. Yeah. And do I do it for the planters? And there can be no other, even for myself, like, would I still put the same care and concern into publishing a book? If I knew it was, it wasn't going to sit on the shelves. It was going to only be an ebook, and only be uh, self-published. Would that? Would I still do it? The answer I've come to is yes. I would still do it if I knew it was going to get out there and change people's. Not on a big scale. If I knew that people were going to grab hold of it, because to to be quite frank, the stuff I write isn't going to be grabbed by everybody in the mainstream, anyways. It's going to find a niche. And it, but it's going to find the right people and it's going to start a change. And that is worth it to me. And if God speaks to a bunch of other people, the same thing, which you and I agree, he does. Then that's, that's something I got to deal with in my own heart. See what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what anyone yeah. else does. The, the battle isn't out there with the Saul's, right? Guys, the real battle is in the heart of David. That's where the battles won because you can't do anything to change a Saul. The way that David actually changed Saul's heart was by being David, <laughs> staying David and not becoming a Saul in retaliation, but continuing to do everything he did for the glory of God. And guys, if you can do that, then God's going to bless you. You're going to be recentered and refocused back on Jesus again. And that's going to make all the difference in the world. I remember I was talking with this missionary who was uh, freshly off the, the mission field. Um, and, and actually, the reason why they were off the mission field is they couldn't extend their visa. Uh, they were denied. And so we were talking about it. And I was like, yeah, so why, you know, why this particular country? 
you know, why that area, and I won't say what country it is because I don't, I don't want people going, Oh, I know who Pete's talking about. Um, but it was so interesting to me. And he goes, well, you know, it's because, uh, in that particular area, they don't have any. And then he said the name of the denomination, which I'll, which shall remain nameless. And I was, I, I like literally was taken aback by that. I was like, who gives a rip if this denomination's not there? Like, what? That doesn't even make any sense to me. So uh, let me understand this. There could be, you know, 15 churches within a one block radius. And you'd be like, yeah, but they don't have our denomination. We, we got to go make sure we're represented mm-hmm. there because we're the, we're the holders of the real gospel. No one else has it <laughs> the way we have. And I, I just was, and I don't think that that was his intention, but it just, it struck me as odd. Probably because I'm not sold out to any denomination. Like, I'm not technically a member of the church that I go to. One, because any church that would have me as a member, I don't, I don't want to be a member there. Yeah. <laughs> Drop to a Marx philosophy of church. <laughs> but, I would never join any club that would actually accept me. Yeah. But, uh, but one, I, I just, I, I don't believe in member run churches. I don't believe in voting. I don't believe in mainly because that's what the church was that I grew up in. And we yeah. saw just, it became political. And it people be- are dumb. Let's be honest. It became, we have a well, yeah, you know, it, it it wasn't about what's God's leading. It was, hey, if we can get 51% of the people to vote this way, that's what the church is going to do. And that's just not biblical. It's not right. And and so I'm not, I'm not a big, you know, members kind of guy. But because of that experience and seeing that, I have never, never given a rip about the denomination. You know, as long as like the church we go to now, it's a, an EV free and I'd never gone to an EV free before. I mean, it's, it's all right. It's cool. I, I, I like it. It's not like I have most, anything most against it. EV free people aren't banner waivers for the EV free. Um, oh, really? I have no idea. That's why they're called free. I, the, the guy on Sunday. It's an evangelical free church. It's a group of independent churches. The, the, the gun lover on Sunday is really the first time I've talked to anyone at that church in a few years. So, you know. That, that's a new experience for me. All right. Well, hey, we, we, we probably pretty much uh, stitched that one up. Um, commercial, commercial, in, in other commercial, words, commercial. In other words, commercial uh, the wife just said, you have to hurry up and go. She's leaving, and I want to kiss. <laughs> don't do it. Turn off your camera. All right? I don't want to be seeing this. So, guys, hey, thanks for joining us today. Um Hit us with some topics. We got hit this week with two topics. We'll cover those in the week to come. But uh, if you guys got something pertinent, I do have a future plan. You guys can write in and tell us what you think of this. And that is um, on my personal road to church planting. As we get more uh, seriously on that, I want to do a countdown of my church plant every week and kind of go over the the, the, the responsibilities and things that had to get done, almost like a chronicle. And, uh, yay, my daughter, hey, my daughter's really excited about this. So, um, but <laughs> it, it would probably make a rad real life, you know, boots on the ground kind of church plan. And, uh, I'm winking at her. I'm teasing her. It's, it's coming. And, uh, anyways, guys, um, thanks for listening today. This has been Peyton Jones. And Pete Mitchell, reminding you, if you want to reach the ones no one's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. And I have to say, Andrea Jones is doing an exceptional lip cast to uh, a lip sync to our, my exit slogan. So, like well it. done, wifey. And now i got to go kiss her. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Scott Blair, church planner. If you are anything like I used to be, you probably woke up feeling alone and somewhat isolated today. Wondering to yourself, why isn't there just one place that I can go to discuss the things I really care about, like bear attacks, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Game of Thrones, and even Christology? Well, I'm here to tell you such a place now exists. This is not make-believe. I would not joke about a thing like this. Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones have created such a place. No, no, no. It's not heaven. They didn't create that. But it's the next best thing, the Bivo Ministry Inner Circle. Which you can find at BivoInnerCircle.com. Church Planner Magazine.
Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.